sporting headlines for a championship Monday. The big underdog Bengals, they stampede back, beat Kansas City as a touchdown underdog, and are crowned AFC champs. The Rams come back also, beating the 49ers for the NFC. The question there, who's to blame? There's blame to go around. Super Bowl early line, Rams at home, favored by four of Cincinnati, over under 48 and a half total points. Here comes a four out of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. Live in Las Vegas, live on a championship aftermath. Monday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Man, we've got a full show. We got an hour, and I think we've got, I'm approximating here, I think we've got 96 minutes of show. So we're going to squeeze it in. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies, including. We're going to have the early Super Bowl handicap. I, there's a prop I already like. I'm not sure if I'll give it. I might at the end of the show. I'm thinking I will. <laughs> Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. He's the fan who beats the man, A.J. Hoffman. Thank you, R.J. Great to be here on a Monday where the Bengals knock off Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Rams lock up their Super Bowl bid with a comeback win over the 49ers. The Raiders have a new head coach GM combo. What is the Vegas lead? What about Tom Brady retiring? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure about that one. That's an interesting one. Has Schefter doubled down? Well, remember now, we'll talk about this. We'll talk, we won't talk about a Brady retrospective, but we'll talk about the mechanics of that reporting because I think it's interesting. And I also think it possibly may affect Brady's decision, whatever it was at the time. But we're going to do the Vegas lead here, and it's got to be Joe Burrow. J- Joe Burr, as Bill Simmons was saying, because he's cold as ice. <laughs> but I tell you, man, this is something, and I find it so fascinating because this is a guy that would have had every excuse in the world. It's the Bengals, and literally in one and a half seasons, he just turns out on its head. Yeah, Joe Burrow leads the charge in a comeback win for the Cincinnati Bengals, covering all numbers. The final score, 27-24 Bengals covering his dogs. Allow me to pose the following question possibility thesis we'll call it to you aj could it be that patrick mahomes and the kansas city chiefs the the qualities that make them special are the same qualities that are preventing them from winning as much as they probably should so when i say how much should they win well offsides penalty against new england 
prevented that Super Bowl trip. Who knows? They, you know, probably win that Super Bowl, but at least they have a good chance to. And then they let's give them credit because just one Jimmy G pass that next year and they would be over for the Super Bowls. But no, <coughs> Mahomes comeback. Let's give them credit. Amazing comeback. Won the Super Bowl last year. Uh, you know, it's hard to blame them. Right. With the O-line injuries, but lost. And then this year, a loser, even before the Super Bowl, if you make four AFC championship games at home, you're supposed to have more than one Super Bowl. You're supposed to have more than two appearances. That would assume you're even to have two or four just to make it. But you're at home. Not to mention, you know, obviously they were seven point favorites here. Now, what is that quality? It's the that the the, the pistol shooting, trick shot waving kind of like nothing bothers us. Like, imagine how different this narrative would be when they won the coin flip, and you saw Mahomes like go, "All right, let's do it." And it was like it was almost not even let's do it. It was almost like, "Okay, this is over." There was that sense. He takes off the cape, as the announcer said. <laughs> and my question is, is that same looseness, that loosey-goosey that lets him throw behind-the-back passes and lets him, quite frankly, do uh, um, put together that comeback against the Bills that was really just cold as ice, is, is that the same thing that caused him to not really worry about there only being five seconds left in the first half, being down on the three or whatever, and figuring, you know what, I'll throw this pass kind of behind Hill, have him take a step backwards to catch it. And you know what, I'm Mahomes, we're the Chiefs, it's fine. Is that maybe the same thing? No, I, I think it is, and and oftentimes when we see Patrick Mahomes pull off these wild plays that you know they say, oh, no one else can do that. It's really because no one else tries to do it because there's so much that can go wrong on these plays, and it. it I mean, the fact that Patrick Mahomes can do it means that he's going to do it more often than most guys do because he does it in non-emergent situations. And plus, I think he's got physical skills that um, that maybe Josh Allen has. And, and I think that's it at this point. I mean, you it, would have to say tools-wise, Mahomes and Josh Allen are one and two, right? 100%. But it okay. does feel like sometimes Mahomes lets it be sort of schoolyard football a little bit too often and just it, it kind of goes with the flow or, or, like you said, is just very loose with how he plays. And I think that there's times where we look at that and go, wow, it's amazing that he can do that. But then there's going to be times where it doesn't work and we go, oh, why does he do it that way? It, and that's it's the a, question is you can't have one without the other. So it's either have it all or have none of it, I think is the fair way to present it. Because you can't be – because, listen, formerly of Houston, your media career is – what was it? The Texans were up – was it 21 nothing against them? Yeah. 20 – how many people are cool and collected? 24 to nothing. Oh, it was 24. Yeah, you're right. 24 to nothing, RJ. Yeah. So how many people are loosey-goosey down 24 nothing? None. Well, well, one. Mahomes. So <laughs> yeah, one. The, the same thing that allowed him to win that game is probably what cost him this game. And That's a really good point. And, and to, thank you. And to me, it's like, yeah, it's better than being an average quarterback. But you got to wonder if Mahomes had, you know, double the respect for the reality of situations. 
you know, the reality of like a Troy Aikman says he can't remember the first quarter of his first Super Bowl. He was so nervous. Now, Mahomes already played his Super Bowl, but my gut feeling is he wasn't that nervous. Right. And that helps you in some spots. It hurts you in others. It strikes me that in the long run, I don't think you win. Because in that theory, if you're some stupid high school type kid that doesn't know enough to be nervous, that would be some big advantage. I look at Burrow and I think he's not acting like there's no pressure here, but he's embracing the pressure and performing well with it. What Mahomes seems to do is somehow he's got this place in his brain where he doesn't see that there's pressure. He like transcends it. And I think it causes you to be amazing under pressure, but also sloppy under pressure at times. And I'm not sure I'd rather have, I wouldn't rather have Burrow. And I think we're seeing Burrow, Montana, Brady, those types, they, t- they respect the pressure, but they play well with it. I think Mahomes ignores it. And it's different, and I think it's part of the problem. Do you think that at times he he falls back too much on his own physical tools? And we've talked about kind of the opposite end of that spectrum being Aaron Rodgers and not you know not always taking the risky throws to try to get his team back into things. Do you feel like those two guys are, are kind of counterbalanced to each other? Well, let, let's talk about – because I think Rodgers is more complicated. I think he's willing to take risks if he's down one score – I don't think he's willing to take risks if he's up one score in a game the offense hasn't scored on the other team yet, right? In, in a way, it's hard to blame him. It's almost like what, what Belichick did against the Bills in the win game. You, as a Bills homer, though you've never <laughs> stepped foot in – have you even stepped foot in the state of New York? Yeah. Okay, but you've never been to Buffalo. Never been to Buffalo. But you love the Bills. I don't love the Bills, but I, I mean, I like the Bills more than I like most teams. You said that. No, you said you're a Bills fan. That's, I grew up a Bills fan. I'm not really a fan of anyone now. I don't know. You've had a lot of buys for the Bills this year. but <laughs> they, they were pretty good. It, well, here's the point, though, is the idea of hmm, the uh, I guess my point would be this is. With Mahomes, it feels like. I guess the way I want to say it is he he's going to do the tough job until it gets to be the highest pressure, which kind of goes against what I'm saying in a way. And that's why I'm kind of slow with this, because it seems like what we know for sure is he took the like your main complaint against Mahomes in this game was he wouldn't take the easy pass. He started going downfield in ways that, he, that, that caused him problems in the middle of the year. And he said, you know what? My arm's strong enough. I can do it. My, I'm Mahomes. I'm Superman. It's like his confidence caused him to not take the easy wins on an eight-yard pass. Instead, he was going for a 28-yard pass. But all the second half of this year, he didn't do that. So what do you see as the difference in the second half of this game when in truth, just getting the field goal, if it, like they would have scored a field goal at the end of the half, which was a gimme, and then they got the ball back, Kansas City, if they would have just gotten a field goal out of that, they would have probably had the game. Yeah, it would have well, been 24-10 to 10 at that point. And honestly, even at well, 21. It would have been 24-3, to 3, right? 
24 to 10. It was, it was, yeah, they, 21 they, to 10 and a half. Yeah, the Bengals right, had 20, 10 at halftime. Okay, okay. But since he got the last, okay, it was 21-3. And then since he got the last touchdown, their yeah. last drive of the half. Okay, go ahead. But it felt like, and I don't know how you felt watching the game, but I certainly felt like the Bengals have no chance of winning this game because it felt like the Chiefs were doing everything that they wanted. And I wonder if they came out of the locker room feeling like the Bengals can't win this game. Well, see, that's the thing. I think you're right. And maybe it wasn't. And maybe that's where it's not a contradiction. I don't think it was the pressure. I think it was a sense there is no pressure. That this game has been decided, so I don't have to be disciplined. Because remember, it's not just they were going to go up 24 or 28-3. It was the fact that they had three possessions prior to that last drive of the half. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And then you drive all the way down the field, what, in a minute 20 or whatever? And now you're on the three-yard line? And if you just complete that one pass, it's now four out of four and up 28 to 10. Man, it just felt like how do you feel anything but perfect? In fact, the announcer said, you know, Mahomes has been perfect. When you score in every drive, how can you feel like you're going to lose that game? It's like, and if you it, yeah, go ahead. If you take his EPA from the first half of the game, he was at point four uh, EP like his EP per play. His EPA was point four positive. All right, the so second, let's talk. Let's talk about that a second. So point four means every time that Mahomes either threw the ball or ran the ball, it the projection was he added almost a half a point, point four points to the score. And that is shockingly good. It would have, uh, what, led the league this year, right? It, it would have been number one in the league if he'd done that for the entire season. He was the now, best quarterback in the league for the first half of that game. Now, the second half was what? Negative .1, which would have put him 35 out of 37. He was basically Justin Fields in the second half. So, we see, that's an amazing stat. We And, and, and. Yeah, maybe Justin Fields is a good analogy, right? A couple big plays, some talent, but not putting it all together. And I'll tell you this much. I think it's the classic they turned turned it off because they thought it was over, even though the Cincy team came. I don't think they thought it was over. They thought they really couldn't lose, that they were so good you can't lose. It's not like they didn't have to finish the game, but they figured, hey, and it just that one 5% drop-off, made it where it was easy. You know how it is. Like, you do a lot of crazy diets. Would you agree with that? I do. You do, like, keto this, and, you know, you eat, like, tw- <laughs> like 50 peanuts one day. Then the next day, you do nothing but drink lemon juice. It's a lot of crazy stuff. <laughs> and when I, I think when you are off a diet like that, for the first day or two, you're trying to kind of still stay healthy, but there's a time when it's like it's it's 11:30 at night. There's a piece of pizza in the fridge. You get a, you have a diet soda and a piece of pizza, and you're just so happy, right? Absolutely. And, and to me, it's like it takes discipline to have the crazy diets. It took Mahomes' discipline not to play like he tends to want to play, and then one in the whole second half of the year, he had that discipline, and his his EPA was great. First half, he had the discipline. Great. And then four, when it was almost four out of four, it was one play from that, touchdowns, it was like that discipline disappeared. And then he threw behind. He winged it down. And the rest of the game, he wasn't, it wasn't like he was not a talented quarterback. 
He was a talented quarterback taking unnecessary risks because he didn't have the discipline to work the ball down the field. He was a poor decision maker in the second half. The talent was still there. He just made poor decisions with the football. And why why poor decisions? Because the stakes were low? No, it's because he turned off the sense, I have to do it this way to win. Do you think that if if the Chiefs had been playing the Bills or the Titans or the Patriots – that that happens. Do you think it was just they're the Bengals? They they weren't supposed to be here to begin but they just with. Beat, they just came back from fourteen on them a couple yeah. weeks before, right? Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's it's really inexplicable that how Patrick Mahomes basically turned into a pumpkin at halftime. But isn't this what we know for sure? Is that when if you wait long enough, and you usually don't have to wait too long, you are your nature. That you are going to show yourself. You can have a heart attack and eat celery. I will keep the diet uh, analogy going. You can have a heart <laughs> attack and eat celery all you want, but eventually, if you smoked, you're probably going to go back to smoking. You're probably going to go back to your eating habits. How many people do you know that have fundamentally changed from when you met them? And not very many. I mean, any. And particularly people who have had success being yeah. the way that they are, those are the people who are least likely to make a change. That's a great point. And when when the, the middle of the year Mahomes had, let's be candid, not only a lack of success, they weren't even going to make the playoffs on that pace. And then he changed because he had to. Salary time after the heart attack. And then the minute he could change back was the minute he did. And – Apparently, that Mahomes, with the defenses adjusting for Mahomes and KC, isn't a Super Bowl quarterback. He might have that talent, but he doesn't perform that way. Because if you look at the middle, like, six or eight games of the year, he was, like, middle of the pack. He was, like, 16th at quarterback. And then he was as good as anyone. And then... Switch back. All right, let's shift gears quickly and talk. And we'll have enough, a lot of time to talk about Burrow. But how impressed are you with Burrow? You were a skeptic coming in. The athletic, Mike Sando, had him like number what, 14? And it was a personal, it was almost like Mike Sando spit in your face. You were so mad about it. I was just surprised to see a guy who played basically just over half a season getting that much respect. And certainly this season, he, he's proven that and more. And he's he's really kind of spit so back special? in my I mean, face. O- I mean, you're saying obvious stuff, and you've had some great points. What has been, you know, over the segment, what has been the surprising part of Burrow? What is it that's allowed him to quantum leap to the place where what if you were starting a draft today in fact let's do this let's take our first break and the first question i'm going to ask when we come back is if you were starting a draft right now the entire nfl was in the middle of the court or this or the field let's say and you had the first pick in the draft so you have to consider uh the position how important it is so a quarterback for sure first you got to consider how good they are, but also their age. Who do you take first in the draft? That will be our first question. He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. And I'm AJ Alvin. In just a minute, we're going to continue the discussion of where Joe Burrow falls in the NFL's QB hierarchy at this point of his career. And what everyone's wondering is Josh Allen, in which AJ has a love affair with, but then he also has a love affair with Herbert, Herbs as he calls him. Where, how is that going to affect his ranking? I can assure you it won't affect mine. This is the fastest growing <laughs> show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. That's because of you, your support. Thank you. Keep it up. And we'll keep it up. Delivering winners just like this weekend. Nice and nice winners. The only loser, AJ, was what? The uh, Kansas the City KC team over. Uh, but still, uh, the uh, prop under acres, the magical half a point. Mm, I love it when you win by I like winning by a half point more than winning by 30 points <laughs> I'm with you on that oh I love it <laughs> so we'll keep that going now you can listen on the iHeartRadio app anytime just search straight out of Vegas here in Vegas on the strip 57 degrees and neon is flowing alright RJ you asked for my draft order if all of them were in the middle of the court who am I taking alright so here's the key is age matters um we're going to disregard contract. Contract doesn't matter. Okay. Age does. Quality does of play and, and you know, perspective or projected quality. And then also position significance. Who one is more, your top pick? One more question. One more question. Does legal status matter? Well, yeah. That's realistic, okay. isn't it? All right. Yeah, it is. Go ahead. Uh, my, my first pick's Josh Allen, 25 years <laughs> old. It showed showed as many tools as anybody in the league. Uh, I think that he's still n- not reached his full potential yet. Now, would you agree that prior to and up through the win game, that Josh Allen regressed a little bit from the year before? Certainly. Yeah, yes. Okay. So, how much of the, would you have picked him at the, at the day after the win game? Would you have picked him first? I would not have. So it's just what you've seen in these handful of games. The last six six games or so, yeah. Okay. All right. Number two. Number two is Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number th- number three, I'm going to go with Justin Herbert, 23 no. years old. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're going Herbert, who literally, it almost takes a magician, a magician. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say a magic trick, and then I said magician, but it was magician to be a top five or seven quarterback like Herbs and to not make the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, he's almost like the alter, he's like the, the opposite of Burrow. He might be new Matt Stafford is what he might be. But somehow you won him. I do. I, I, I just think he's so good. I think he can do everything, and he's the youngest guy of the, of the guys who are even in, the con, in consideration. So more than than Burrow, Joe Burrow, I'd have fourth, which I never would have thought at the beginning of this season. Yeah, still, it's way too low. You're picking. What is it that's possibly better about Herbert than Justin Burrow? Herbert has way more tools than Joe Burrow. Oh, way so more. does so does Jeff George. Well, who has more tools, Burrow or Daniel Jones? Uh, Daniel Jones. Okay, so I guess well, I mean the- listen. If, if if Joe Burrow's the next Tom Brady, then there's egg on my face. I just I'm not gonna believe it until I see it. All right, last thing. Who's number five for you? Number five for me would be Deshaun Watson, who t- didn't even play a snap last year. All right, mine. And here's the answer. Mahomes is one because whatever. His, everyone's got problems. 
His are the easiest to solve, all right, amongst these top guys. Number two is I am going to give it to Allen, and I'll tell you, he still only has two out of four good years, and I know it's been the last two, but still. And then number three is clearly Burrow. And number four, I'm not sure I don't go with Kyler Murray or Watson before I go with Herbs. Uh, well, you're drafting, so you got to be sure. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is I haven't really thought it through, and so I'll say I'll go with Murray because there's the lack of uncertainty compared to Watson, and then then probably Herbs. Okay. Does so he, almost almost the same top five, only one different. What just, do you mean you know, almost the same? I mean, almost major, the, it's four major out of the five guys were the same. When Foltz went number one and they traded him for uh, Brown, was that about the same draft? No. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that. I'm taking Mahomes. You're taking Allen. You're taking, what's his last name? Herbert? I've never. Yes, it's, Justin It's not Herbert. even a winning name. Herbs. <laughs> Let's admit something. As good as he is, how didn't they make – they have a, apparently a genius coach. How didn't they make the playoffs? I, I don't have an answer for that. I don't think they have a genius coach, first of all. Uh, he goes for it on a lot of fourth downs. I, uh, I, we've discussed that. I don't know that that necessarily qualifies you for Mensa. Speaking of the opposite of that, let's shift gears and talk about San Fran and the Rams. The San now Francisco – You've got a hot take on this. Everyone knows who won. You are blaming Kyle – Shanahan, A.J. Hoffman, and this is not some troll of McKenzie. Make your case. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan had a lot of questionable decisions, and there were times in that game that it felt like the, the 23-7 game. It felt like he was blowing that lead to the Patriots once again. Uh, three questionable punts, I would say. He had, with seven minutes in the game, the tie game, they had a 17-second drive that did not end in a turnover. They had three incompletions, a delay of game, and a punt. All right, so hold I on d- a second. Hold on. Let's talk about that one. Because I believe in that situation when there was like six minutes left, you either want to score there or you want to get out quick because it, it gives the ball to the Rams with a time that would be difficult to run out the entire clock. If they would have taken even 90 seconds, it would have been harder uh, it would have been much easier for the Rams to run out the clock. So I'm not sure if that wasn't a brilliant forward-looking strategy. Hey, we're going to throw it three times and, and and get aggressive here. Worst case, we punt the ball away, and they probably can't run out the clock. Is the best version of the 49ers offense throwing three passes? Well, one minute you're saying they're too conservative on fourth down. Next you're saying they're too aggressive throwing the ball. I, I'm not sure how to please you, AJ. Well, I, I, I mean, you can run the ball on fourth down, too. That is allowed. And then I thought they made a real gaffe at the end of the game with 238 left in the game. It was first and 12 or first and 10 uh, for, for the or first and 11 for the, the Rams. They, they knocked down Sony Michelle for a loss. So it's second and 11, 238 to go. And they just let the clock run down to the two-minute warning. The Rams were certainly not going to call a timeout. 49ers had three timeouts in their pocket. If they call those timeouts before the two-minute warning, you've got more time for Jimmy G on the other side after the field goal gets made. I thought it was just poor clock management down the stretch for Kyle Shanahan, But here's the question. What ended up happening was, and I'm assuming what would have happened is, if the Rams threw and it was incomplete, 
then it would have been fine. And then, you know, no need to worry about the clock in that instance. And then if they run it once or complete a pass inbounds, you use a timeout. And now you've got the ball with, what, about a minute 45, whatever you need at that point. And to me, with a minute 45, you've got enough time to tie in, in like a timeout. You've got enough time. And you likely don't leave them time. Couldn't this, again, be forward thinking in which they are saying, we're going to have enough time, but we won't have so much that we give the Rams, you know, all off 13 seconds with Mahomes another chance? I, boy, that, I mean, I guess you, you could look at it that way. That's not the way I would look at it. I would look at it as I want Jimmy G to have as much time to move the ball down the field as he can. Well, I mean, one thing we can agree to is Jimmy G needs all the help he can get. So let's <laughs> next we're going to talk about how this might have been the best thing that could have happened to the 49ers. Now obviously they wanted to win the Super Bowl, but I'm going to make the case that the next Super Bowl might be in a much better situation for the 49ers because they lost this game. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio, I'm AJ Hoffman. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Now, do you think that Tim Tebow is going to beat out Derek Carr this next year? I think that. <laughs> Is that a question for me or Dan? No, no, you, you, AJ. I just no, wonder. No, I do, I do not think that Tim Tebow will be back under Josh McDaniels this year. Okay, okay, that's bold. Despite unprecedented success in their first run together. Now, McKenzie, first cousins with Kyle Shanahan, and it's been documented. It was a tough day for him, but I am going to make the following case. If Jimmy G makes a Super Bowl, it's difficult to get rid of him next year. Who knows what happens? Now he's out the door because not only did they lose, but he played poorly again. And now, if Trey Lance can become even a top 12 quarterback, top 12, think about this. With Jimmy G's salary gone, they will have $24 million effectively, 23, let's say, whoever the backup is, to spend. And imagine this team, this 49er team, with a quarterback as good, let's say as good as Jimmy G, about 12, but healthier, you know, in the long run with Trey Lance. But now $23 million to spread around in the D-backs. I mean, just think about it. This is one of the top five rosters in the league right now without considering quarterback. Wouldn't you agree, AJ? I do agree. Now imagine if you have another $24 million to spend. How good is this roster? I, I, I mean, I already think this is the best non-quarterback roster in football. So well, imagine I, that with 24 more sticks to spend. Yeah, that, that'd certainly be nice. You think? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, McKenzie, what do you think? I'm excited for next season. We talk about fourth downs. Trey Lance gives you options that just doesn't exist with Jimmy G. In two games, they went for seven fourth and ones or fourth and twos in two games with Trey Lance. I couldn't help but think about that as it ended up yesterday. Though conspicuous in his absence, you got to wonder how they didn't have a package. Now, those three fourth downs you're talking about, AJ, maybe Trey Lance comes in with a special package and all of a sudden you get those and they're in the Super Bowl. I 
I, th- I certainly think that one late in the fourth quarter where, or early in the fourth quarter, it was fourth and two, and they ended up taking the delay after the, the failed challenge by the Rams. Fourth and two at the, at the 45-yard line, that seems like a spot that Trey Lance would do you some good. Let's take our last break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the recap of the Rams 49ers, and we're going to give our first 13 days ahead of time Vegas preview of the Super Bowl. I'm probably going to give you my prop best bet, one of them, this early. He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Let's wrap up our look at the NFC Championship game before we turn our attention to the Super Bowl. Okay, now, we often talk about QBR as the best metric to measure quarterback performance when it comes to what happens on the field, what kind of, what kind of production they are uh, producing. Production they're producing, baby. <laughs> and we look at PFF as a way to say, hey, let's abstract out if the ball was caught, but rather how good of a throw was it. And man, oh, man, if there's anything that – shows that Shanahan shouldn't be getting the heat here, it's Jimmy G. If you look at PFF grades, his grade is 43. That is, like, worse than a replacement player. That's, like, literally, A.J., if you went in quarterback, you'd get about a 43. All right. (laughs) That's what Jimmy G, which was fourth out of four, and it wasn't even close. The other ones were Stafford, 83. Burrow 72, Mahomes 63, and then you jump all the way down from 63 to 43. But, but in QBR, number one, Garoppolo. I, I don't understand how that happens. Well, it happens because you just look at the stats. It doesn't matter how bad he looks. <laughs> you look at the stats. And the question is, what drives the stats other than quarterback performance? Well, let's think about it. How good the receivers are. Okay, who had a lot to say about that? Well, maybe the guy with personnel control, Shanahan. Okay, what else? Well, the scheme. Well, that's Shanahan. Okay, play calling. Oh, look, that's Shanahan. So, to me, the things that's going to transverse that distance between the fourth-graded performance of the quarterback by PFF but the number one production is all Shanahan. So, some questionable or not, in some cases, fourth downs or whatever – Man, when you're leading by 10 going in the fourth, I don't know. I'm not saying Shanahan was perfect, but I don't think he gets the blame. Do you want to so recant? You, you want to recant? I don't. I, I think that they're they're probably hand in hand, but I, those numbers do make it seem like 
Shanahan, given what he had to cook with, may have made the best meal he could. And now he's uh, saying, get all this old lettuce out of here. We got <laughs> we got some, uh, what's that called? Maybe some fresh organic spinach. Some what, kale. What do they grow in North Dakota? I don't know. All like, right. So oats, maybe any, I don't know. Any closing thoughts on the NFC game? No, I, I the one thought I have is I was really happy for Matt Stafford, who's a guy who's been called a loser his whole career. I th- I think he's still a loser. I I don't think that's I don't think that's fair. I thought he played very very well, uh, and with the exception of of you know a, a a bad pass late that got dropped, luckily for him, I thought I mean he, he was, was he was he was he was itching to give the game away. He looked like a guy who hadn't smoked that smoked for forty years and hadn't smoked for three days. He was so anxious to, to get that cigarette in his mouth. But in this case, his addiction was to throw the game away. I, I mean, remember he was down 17 to 7, so he wasn't throwing the game away. He, he got them well, back 17, in the game. Well, why was, was he not on the field when they got down 17 to 7? He was. And, he, and by the way, unlike Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, was playing against a top-level defense. Well, listen, here is going to be your beautiful chance in the next 13 days to really take a stand on your love of Stafford. Because I'll tell you right now, I like Cincinnati. I'm not making it official yet. And there's a lot of reasons to like him, in my opinion. But let's start. I'm going to start with a prop bet that, that, that isn't even out yet. But this is a prop that once it's out, if the, if the number's reasonable... And tomorrow I'll tell you what the range of numbers is, I'm thinking. But I like Joe Mixon running back for the Bengals over carries, over carries. Because here's what we know is the Bengals are going to be – I mean, Burrow might not be nervous, but the coach is going to be nervous. Remember, we, we now have the connection with, you know, the whole, hey, if you just have a cup of coffee, you get a job – with the boy genius, and now what we have is a situation that it's the teacher and the student, and I think the student's going to be very, very conservative. And all teams pretty much are conservative in the first quarter of these Super Bowls. And since I don't expect the Rams to get out to a big lead, I think Mixon, he might not be efficient, but he's going to get a lot of carries. What's your gut feeling on that one? That scares me because I feel like this this is going to end up being sort of a shootout game. And I, I, it feels like the, the Bengals are there because of Joe Burrow. It seems like this is a really odd time to get away from him. Really? The, 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 when the, the most pressure is on and it's the Super Bowl and you don't and, – and what is going to be the matchup everyone's talking about? The D-line from the Rams sure. against the Bengals. Well, how do you protect that? Well, you don't throw every down, right? It would. It, you're right. It would. It just would be going against everything the Bengals have done in the second half of the season that's gotten them success. But is it really? Because I would make the case that whenever he had a chance in that Tennessee game, he ran mix. He ran mixing a decent amount, right? I mean, and they've been behind in these games. You, yeah. It's, it's hard. It's hard to uh, run a ton when you're behind. But anyway, that's my early look. And obviously tomorrow we're going to pick right back up with the handicap and talk Tom Brady.
If you missed any of today's show, including the draft between RJ and I on who would we take, top five, if they're all in the middle of the court, who do we take, check it out on the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We're going to be back tomorrow talking Super Bowl, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. We are straight out of Vegas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 